Hey, it's a hazard, everybody. Welcome back to Freedom Fanatics. I'm your host, Alex, with another exciting episode of Freedom Fanatics brought to you by the Freedom Advocacy Network. Remember, guys, you can find us where you are on social media at Badger of Liberty. Guys, today, another week, another set of exams disrupted at a university in South Africa. Uh, we obviously had the urine gate at Stellenbosch recently, and we had Sholin uh, on the ground almost uh, reporting, telling us what, what was going on there. Um, but um, so, Tiago, Chris, we've got another an, another disruption coming out of uh, a, a Western Cape University, this time from the University of Cape Town, my alma mater. Um, and exams were disrupted yesterday morning. Uh, so let's just have a look at this this uh, video that was circulating on the Twitter sphere. Uh, and this is gives a good idea of of what what happened, and then we'll chat about it. And he's pushing people's stuff on the floor. Okay, right. So, so some people entered uh, the exam hall at UCT that looks like the, the sports center. Uh, it's one of the biggest exam venues. Um, so, so basically, it's your do you want to just give us some context as to what's actually going on here? Sure. Well, at UCT, there are currently workers protests at UCT, mm. and some student organizations such as the EFF, Student Command at UCT, have released statements uh, stating that they are in support of the workers and the plight of the workers, right? And so yesterday, these disruptions took place. And initially, a lot of us really thought that this were EFF student command members mm. who were in support with the workers who were causing these disruptions until, of course, as the day went on. And, and the EFF mentioned that it, it has no idea who these people who caused these disruptions are. Mm. The University of Cape Town this morning released a statement as well saying that the people who caused these disruptions are neither students at the university or employees of the university. Mm. So really here we are dealing with a, a, a case of terrorists, right? Terrorists who came from outside the gates of the University of Cape Town into the University of Cape Town and disrupted uh, student examinations, right? And, and, and really we as a freedom advocacy network takes seriously this matter given that education is one of matters that are at the very heart of what we stand for and what we are fighting for on a constant daily basis mm. and so it's quite disappointing what happened at UCT and we hope that the university together with the SAPS will respond to what has happened in, in, in the right manner uh, within a short frame time sure. Mm, absolutely. I mean, Chris, you 
you, you've just you've just finished writing your your mid-year exams and you know it's always a stressful time mm -hmm. for for anyone during during exam time um what I find quite quite interesting here is that the UCT SOC and 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 they're not usually one for for necessarily representing the the needs of students ironically, but they also released a statement saying that their initial reaction was to say that we should halt all university um, activities until the plight of the workers is dealt with. Um, Chris, what what are you what are your thoughts on that? And I mean, maybe some of your um, what, what what should an SRC really be saying in, in these kind of situations? Um, they should, first of all, not sort of support the disruption of exams. I mean, that's an opportunity for you to gain a qualification. And if you're disrupting that um, exam, you, you take an opportunity. And yeah, they should su be supportive of those students writing those exams, not the workers mm. who are I don't think that that wanting a permanent job and going to break down things is a, is a, is a protest at all. Mm. No, absolutely. And I mean, Tioko, this, this, is, this actually comes out of issues that we had when we were at university. You know, that's when the thesis for the end outsourcing whole debate started. And now we're seeing Look, it's a it's a small scale. It's a very small group of people, um, but you know, it's not necessarily the job of the university to to employ people. It's to provide a service to to students. Um, and yeah, I mean, it seems like a pretty warped. It, it just seems like the, the the people who should be representing students and the interests of students, and ultimately getting people their degrees, seems to kind of be at the back of mind with the people who hold the most sway, and at least in the public debate. Sure. Well, well, I must say that, Alex, I, 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 first and foremost, I don't think there is anything fundamentally wrong with the SRC supporting workers in, 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 in mm. whatever plight, really. But the issue becomes when now the SRC supports the disruption of activities, of, of, of daily activities of the university, right? You can support Mm. Uh, uh, workers and still represent the students. I don't think you, 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 you. It's impossible to do the two. But secondly, I think that regarding the workers and and the university in itself, what the duty of the university is, I think you are quite correct. The fundamental duty of the university is to educate and to help individuals unleash their talents, unleash skills and to help them with developing the skills that they already have, right? Mm. Each individual, help them grow into the best equipped individual, help them get to, 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 to their niche. And I think this whole thing of workers protesting around salaries and everything, it's, it's disrupting the university for, from doing what is its fundamental job. Universities mm. shouldn't be stopped from delivering their, 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 their fundamental services to students simply because there are people who are not happy with their wages and, and, and stuff of that nature. If there are those issues, those issues can be really, really resolved without disrupting the daily operations of the university. We can really sit in a civilized manner, management together with representatives of the workers if, if that must happen. But the, 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 the fundamental thing that we must always keep in mind is that really, really, really universities don't owe it to, 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 to their workers to pay them any 
a certain amount of money. Universities can, mm. it, it should be up to the university, right? For example, when it relates to wages, how much they want to pay their workers. And like we've always emphasized, if a worker is not happy with the salary that the employer is willing to offer, you have the choice of not taking the job. You have the choice of resigning. There's really, really no use mm. to be disrupting exams in the fashion that exams have been disrupted yesterday. And I hope that the police will intervene to ensure that it doesn't happen again. We really cannot tolerate the lack of law, 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 law in our country. We have laws that govern us as a country, and those laws must be respected if we are to get anywhere as a country. Mm, absolutely. And um, uh, Chris, what are, any any final thoughts from you? Um, obviously, you, you've you've now finished your exams. I mean, some of these students, you know, they have travel plans. You know, people don't necessarily students don't necessarily live in Cape Town. They study there. Um, you know, they have think. You know, they, it comes at a, as a at a loss um, to to some degree when there is a disruption like this. But um, what any any final thoughts before before we we jump to our next story? <laughs> I should also say that there's a, there's a proper grievance process. I, I'm sure I'm very sure there's a proper grievance process for those uh, disen, uh, um workers who are upset about the situation, mm. and there's absolutely no need for them to go disrupting students' exams. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hundred percent. Yeah. We've got a the, the pen is is mightier than the sword, but uh, yeah, it, it is a very strange situation where they aren't necessarily representatives of the university disrupting university um, uh, activities but uh, let, let's move along so that's that's kind of our, our freedom to to learn fight back for this morning and 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 our next one is is a bit of both actually and and uh this um the article that that, we, that i'm going to share with you guys now is actually written by chris himself um and that this was in response to um the anc's uh umrabulo policy document um, which let, let's start there, Chris. You wrote the story and you've actually flagged the issue in it. But before we jump into it, um, do you want to explain to to our audience exactly what the Umrabulo uh, policy document is from the NC? So that policy document is sort of a discussion document that the ANC had published in a um, ahead of their policy conference in July. So it basically sets out their plan for the future and yeah, like sort of a, a what do they call those vision sort of thingies and mm. the best way that they believe that society should operate. And yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. I don't know how no, bit, a... uh, better to explain it. No, no, th- yeah, that, that's, that's spot on. So, okay, so this document, and you flagged a very important issue in this document that pertains to school in, uh, sports in schools, rather. Um, so what, 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 is the, what is the thrust of, of what, what made you want to, to write this piece and what, why did it catch your attention? I was actually reading through the entire document and and I, and I found this piece quite interesting because, I mean, so we know that sports is an integral part of, of, of going to school. I, I participated in sports, gave me something to do after school. Um, and yeah, though sports is an integral part of, of what what in, entails a schooling career, I would say. Yeah. And um, <laughs> sure. This is it's it's just stupid. It's a stupid idea to to um 
send the, the ideas or, or allow mm. the minister to determine what kind of sport a, a student should play in a, in, a, in a primary school or in a high school. Mm. And, I mean, they don't know what's going on on the ground. No, exactly. I don't know what I mean, else to say. <laughs> it's no, just, that's... It's outrageous. It really is. I mean, so to to Yoko, the 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 thrust here is that they the what the ANC proposes in this document is that to take the power away from uh, school governing bodies, which are bodies comprised of both teachers and parents. Uh, it's an elected board of of representatives, with who are stakeholders by virtue of having paying for their children to receive the, the education as a service. And what the ANC would like to do is to take the power away from parents, essentially, to give that to the minister to decide on sporting codes um, and, and the sports that, that are, are available and, and, and sort of allocation of funds for, for sports facilities and, and the like. Pretty crazy, but uh, we've come to expect this, but it's, it's definitely worth, worth fighting back against. But um, what, do you, what do you think about it? Yeah. Well, I think that it's madness. Um, Please correctly describes it as 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 madness, really. And 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 I think this ties to the ANC's NDR, the National Democratic Revolution. And Dr. Anthea writes a lot around the NDR and what the ANC essentially wants to do in South Africa. It's a document that they drafted while they were still in exile and stuff, mm. outlining exactly what they're trying to do. And more, the more and more we look at how things are changing in this country, the more and more I'm convinced that we are really arriving at the NDR. And in real terms, this really means that we are regressing a society, right? Mm. Because really the NDR is a Marxist document and at the very center of the NDR is, 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 is the issue of government controlling people's lives. And this is part of it, really, taking away powers of, of, of determining what sports are played, what rules are around that, how much is allocated towards that, and, and taking away that power from the SGB, moving it to the minister. That's, 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 that's really what's happening here. Our education system is, is, is in the true sense of things, being nationalized just as mm. everything else in the country is surely but slowly being nationalized which really is a terrible thing right but yeah like i said chris is very correct this is absolute madness sgbs have issues we have issues with many of our sgbs mm. but instead of taking away the responsibility of handling this matter from the sgbs rather let's come and find answers and solutions to the problems that we have with these sgbs mm. there are sgbs that are not responsible there are sgbs that deliberately and and sabotage uh, learners that deliberately sabotage processes of of, of, of schools and stuff mm. let's deal with with these sgbs that are not effective that are deliberating where we are trying to get to fix the sgbs but don't take away the responsibility from them parents, teachers, people in the immediate environment, let them continue having the most say in the kind of sports that their children play when they play them and stuff of that nature. After all, like Chris has said, they have the better understanding of the environment and the kids and they are as such at, 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 at a much better position to, to, to be making these decisions around the sports of their kids and stuff. But more than anything, we really, really, really cannot give government more power. 
everything that the government touches, everything that they control, everything that they are fully responsible for mm. or mostly responsible for fails. Now, our education, our, our sports, our sports in, in education is already at a crisis. Schools are underfunded. Schools don't have right facilities, as, 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 as Chris has mentioned. Schools don't receive the right coaches and staff. We already have that crisis, and at the center of that crisis is how the government operates and what they have done over the years. Let's not give them more power to make more errors and more mistakes. These are features of our children. This is the future of South Africa. We have to take it more seriously and ensure that we take the decisions that have to do with our lives and not the government, especially important decisions such as this ones. Mm, absolutely. And I think I think this is something that that, you know, as we look towards 2024, I think this is really something that as a parent, you know, if you want control over your child's sporting um, extramural activities, this is something that you can you can think about when you cast your vote. Do you want a government mm. that allows you the freedom to choose what sports your, your child plays, what facilities um, they have access to? But there's one thing I want to touch on before we close off here, Chris. In, 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 your, in your article, you chat about um, how this ultimately, like all bad policies, disproportionately affects uh, poorer households and, and, and in, in this instance, poorer children directly. Um, now, you, you point out here that the provisional sporting grounds uh, disproportionately favors former Model C schools so, um, and that schools in rural and poor areas simply do not have the ability to offer sporting codes um, and that public schools in general have a, a cumulative lack of sport infrastructure. The poor support that the ANC government provides to sports in school does not go unnoticed. And I, I really, I think that is such a great line. Um, and But I think, as Tiago says, the, the solution here is to give parents more power over their own children. But any, any last thoughts that, that you would, um, that you would uh, like people to take away? What, what would you like people to take away from your article? If, if, if you could leave one impression with the reader, what would that be? I would say that sport is an integral part of, of schooling and that using sport is a way for those students to showcase their talent as a way of moving up in society. And if you're going to take it away, taking away an opportunity. And taking away an opportunity isn't a good thing. 100%. And couldn't agree more, guys. So let's, let's, um, yeah, we've, we've, got a, we've, got a, we've got a bit of time. So let, let's just touch on this idea with this uh, last story. Um, but before, before we carry on, guys, remember, you can find all our articles like this great one by Chris. Um, at freedomadvocacy.net, uh, uh, where all our writing is. We share those on Facebook and Twitter, at Badger of Liberty, where you can find all those articles and interact with other Liberty lovers um, on our social media pages. But our last story, before we jump into burning questions with Mbali, is uh, a, a good, a good, nice feel-good story. But there's, there's some interesting aspects here. Tiago, you shared the story with me uh, towards the end of the week last week. Um, and this is a piece that came out of Ground Up um, about uh, Lindo Kuhle Msomi uh, from Kwamashu, who basically started a, a little uh, fast food outlet um, in, in, his, in his neighborhood. And he, used, he, he kick-started it after losing his job with his, with his relief grant. Now, we had the story, there was a, the, the big story when uh, uh, President Ramaphosa spoke about uh, the, the gent who started an ice cream parlor. 
I think it was with his with his grant. But what struck me here, Tioko, is that he the reason that that the, one of the catapults for 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 uh, Lindo's business was that he got funding from the Solidarity Fund, um, that then helped him to expand his business and access markets. Um, what are your what are your what are your impressions about about the story when you when you sent it through? Well, I I I, I think this is a wonderful story, and I think it would it would be amazing, quite amazing, if we could get more stories of this nature uh, coming in in South Africa, right? I think we must seriously we, we we seriously need to reflect on where South Africa is, and what needs to be done at the point where where we find ourselves the economy is collapsing unemployment is on a rise suicide rates are on a rise departments are failing us a, a lot is not going well in south africa right mm. but we must draw inspiration from someone like lindo who despite the circumstances in the country what's happening and everything still found it in him to 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 go out and start a business instead of sitting at home receiving 300 and the 350 grant from government and simply spending it awaiting again awaiting government to give give him the next 350 the next month mm -hmm. he decided to go and start a, a, a business and now what this means is that he can now really sustain his lifestyle he can sustain his life he can take care of himself take care of those who come after him take care of his kids and everything it's an amazing story, right? Mm. We need more of such stories in South Africa. The reality of the matter is that the government will not save us. If the government is what majority of South Africans are waiting for to come and save them, we must forget. In throughout human history, human beings have always, 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 always found a way to feed themselves. Mm. At the start of things, we farmed ourselves, ate from our farms and everything. Then came, came, came trade. We traded. If I don't have something, I get it from you. But I give you something, right? Something that I've worked for or something that I own. We really, 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 really just re need to remember to be human again, in, in mm. my opinion. To remember to go back to these days of providing for ourselves and not waiting for someone to come and provide for us. But more than anything, let me now come to the solidarity assisting Lindo with starting his business. It's a brilliant thing, right? And I think people who really want to see South Africa moving forward, who really want to help South Africans, personally, and this is my opinion, I think it might be controversial, but instead of always just donating money, donating food and stuff of that nature, mm. let's begin to assist in such ways, in ways that are sustainable, in ways that when you help someone with something today, you don't need to come back tomorrow and assist them. They can they themselves tomorrow sustain themselves. Like Lindo here, he was assisted with funding. Here he is now able to start his business. It now means that he's, he's, he's able to make profits mm. and able to sustain himself. He won't need such help tomorrow, right? Solidarity, if they want to help someone tomorrow, they can go and help someone else. That someone will hopefully do the same thing. And eventually then we should get to a point whereby many of us are able to provide for ourselves. And, and, and things such as the high taxations and stuff can then be reduced because really they, they, you know, they are mm. really a big burden for 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 for. for such little of us to 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 hold supporting the whole supporting the majority of the nation as 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 really a few of us who are working in south africa but it's a really brilliant story 
thumbs up to solidarity for assisting these young men. This is one person's lives, not just one person's life, actually. Mm. These are many lives that have been changed. Lindokuse, his family members, his kids in future and everything. May we see more such things happening in our society mm. moving forward. Absolutely. No, it's a great, great point that you raise. What I want to bring up here now is actually this, um, oh, let me help to share it first, um, is how he started off. Um, so this, this is what his, um, his little fast food outlet entailed. Um, and he built it himself and used the, the capital that, that he was given to expand his offering and offer a more sophisticated product. Um, Chris, is this something, I guess this is probably something we could, we could scale up. I mean, instead of, you know, I mean, he started with, with a grant, um, but you know, perhaps there's something here, you know, if we think solutions, you know, the idea of a voucher, the idea of support, the idea of investing in people um, with good ideas, with, with uh, profit is, is giving, is making people, oh, making access to, to funding and markets a little bit easier. Absolutely. And and all that those people who who have those initiative who have the initiative to to start a business and who see a gap in the market, we should support them absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I think if you know if maybe there were, I'm, and I'm pretty sure there are systems where, you know, I think yeah, there, there's there's a lot of micro scale sort of investing that can probably be done mm. free market solutions to to problems that overcome. Uh, to well, solution that to problems that affect your freedom to earn, and I think uh, like Lindo's story here, yeah, it's a great, great example. But guys, I think let's 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 leave it there. I hope hopefully there are many uh, Lindos out there who who will be inspired to to take the lead on this one, and um, and you know really really be be the ones to 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 make the change that that they want to see. But on that note, guys, remember to follow us at Badger of Liberty. Uh, you can find us. Uh, on your favorite social media platform, as well as www.f-an.net. But on that note, I think it's time for burning questions with Mbali. Alrighty, Mbali fam, how's it? Welcome back. Very good. Thank you. Hi guys. How's it? Okay, Mbali. Um, what do you what do you have for us this week? What's uh, what what's burning questions all about? What's cooking on this episode of burning questions? Is the fact that South Africa is a failed state, and that this failed state. Um, hits the poorest South Africans hard. Um, so without wasting any time, let's go to the first comment. And this one is from Nigel. And his comment is, another way of looking at it, state failure makes the elite rich, richer and the ex at the expense of the poorest. So if we stop diluting, the poor will benefit. 
I think this one is straightforward. I, I definitely agree with Nigel. Um, Diego, Alex, Chris, any of y'all disagree with him? Can't, I can't argue. Thanks. I was just waiting well, for someone to say I disagree. <laughs> well, I don't think I can. I don't think I can. I don't think there are enough grounds for one to agree or disagree. He doesn't necessarily explain okay. how state failure makes the elite richer and the poor poorer. At the expense of the poor, I mean, you'd have to explain how that happens, and one can agree or disagree. For now, it's a okay. All right, it's a bit vague. Maybe if you can explain it mm. to us, then maybe we can not disagree or agree with you. State failure makes the elite richer at the expense of the poorest. I mean, in the South African, uh, in the South African context, for example, I think everyone is in a way becoming poorer. It's just that, of course, the the the, the poorest get to experience the whole thing at, at a much deeper level because it means they don't get to have food on their table, they don't get to have money to buy electricity, they get to sit in the cold during winter and stuff of that nature, right? Whereas the richest people, of course, still have their money, but they could have made a lot more. So in a sense, they are poorer than they should be because mm. the state is failing, you know? Yeah, can, can I just add as well, I think we mustn't yeah. conflate um, state failure with state capture as the buzzword yeah. in South Africa. Um, you know, people, yeah, when there's looting of public funds and policies like uh, pre uh, preferential procurement, BE, those kind of things that really only benefit the elite, that is at the expense of the poor. Yes. But so much people getting wealthier isn't, doesn't make mm -hmm. people, just because one person's getting rich doesn't make other people poor yeah yeah but if they are getting rich in you know using our taxes then definitely i'm, mm -hmm. I'm getting poorer by the day well let's That's let's make an example with Rupert. Rupert is getting richer but a lot of these investments are outside south africa at the moment so majority of south africans are getting poorer but Rupert is a South African who is getting richer, but he's not even getting richer through south africans it's outside economies that are boosting his wealth so it's it's mm -hmm. that complex <laughs> Yeah, it definitely is. Definitely is. Um, let's go to the next um, comment from Rapporto. And it says, don't tell us about the problem. Tell us about solutions. Remember, we don't live in our past, but we need to go forward. Um, Chris, uh, what are the solutions that we can give to Rapporto? Um, we should be we should provide opportunities for the poor for for the poorest in the in the, in the country and we should mm -hmm. provide um sorry um no worries. I, I, know, mm -hmm. I know he's and we're all looking forward to the to to, to um we should support them we should provide opportunities for them and and help them grow and help them with initiatives like the freedom to to earn and um, mm -hmm. yeah so initially what we need is um, more jobs basically would you agree mm, Chris? absolutely and I should also add we should yes definitely and we should sort of 
get rid of all these unnecessary labor regulations that sort of inhibit competition and mm -hmm. stifle competition and we should work towards an mm. uh, economy that works for everybody. We should yeah. provide services, we should ensure that they get the opportunities that they need to, to work, to earn a living, to provide, and, mm -hmm. and that's the way we grow. Yeah, definitely. Um, Alex, uh, maybe the question that I would ask you is, do you think that we always preach about the problems and we don't preach about the solutions? I think we do, and I think it's a problem. And I think that's why I'm so glad that Tsioko flagged the story um, of Lindo um, and his chess on Yama and Komashu, because really there's, we can't, if we fixate on negativity, we'll never have the motivation to improve it. Yes. Um, you know, instead, if we think we need to start thinking about how things think of an example, when something was the way you liked it and mm -hmm. go back to that, you know, if you wanted if being not, ha not having load shedding as an example that, cause I think that's quite a massive impact, um, in yeah. or, uh, issue of state failure. Um, mm -hmm. you know, Let's think about when the good times, when we didn't have rolling blackouts, you know, and what can we do about it? Solutions, well, I'm sure there are lots of people with very good ideas about how to how to fix ESCOM, how to diversify the, the electricity generation. Um, and that's the kind of things that we need to be, be thinking about. But yeah, start. we need to start thinking, especially as we head to 2024, how can we, what, where the solutions lie? So I'm glad Reporto brings it up. Um, and keep that in mind when, when you go to the polls next. Yep, that is very true. Um, going to the next comment from Angela, and she says, liberators really don't care. When the deed is done, the leaders fill their pockets and those of their comrades, and they don't bother about the little people who, formed the, who form the majority of those helping, of those helping in the liberation. Um, Diego? Liberators don't care, true or false. Just say true or false, okay? <laughs> let me see, let me see. Well, I don't think it's that simple. I think it's a general statement. I think in the South African context, for example, you do have liberators that I, I really think care. Someone like your Nelson Mandela, someone like the Hamo Seneke, and the, the, the interesting thing about Modiham Mosenek is that he's from the PAC. Uh, for the longest time in his life, he subscribed to socialist politics. But much as he subscribes to the kind of politics that I don't subscribe to, uh, I still respect him and, and, and I can still see that he's someone who truly cares about South Africans. It's just that in terms of solutions that, that, that he would put forward, I, I don't agree with those solutions, right? But another truth is that we do have liberators who don't care. So I yeah. think we should look at this thing at, 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 on a case to Liberators case. like who? Which liberator doesn't care? Yeah. Yeah. Which one? Rather you can than name and change. Who doesn't care? Yeah, I can't believe you I, named I Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela cares. I think, so. I, I think Jacob Zuma doesn't care about... Jacob Zuma, I don't think, cares about South African citizens. I think, uh, 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 well, there's a, there's a lot of them. Uh, the, 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 
the whole RET squad, in fact, in the African National Congress. Then we have this old yes, yes, and the Dumedas and others. I think those are part of people who were in the liberation years fighting against apartheid, ultimately got to collapse the system of apartheid, but I don't think they were in and in the struggle because they care about the people. I think they were in there for, for, for the fun of it, but as well so as to position themselves when liberation does come about so they can be at the forefront and chow. You know, it was a question of hashtag, how do we eat, how do we chow after this one have gone out? It was never a question of how do we truly ensure that we create a kind of South Africa that will cater for everyone and ensure that we all move forward in a progressive manner, in a, in, 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 a, in a prosperous manner, yeah. English is telling me there. Amen. <laughs> we do. All right, Diego. Thanks for that uh, response. Okay, let's go to um, Lulu's comment. And Lulu says, yes, I wish that the fat cats would drive through the streets of Twane and to see the hungry faces on our street corners. I give food whenever I can. I've never gone hungry, so I try to help where I can. And I think this leads to, this ties in with what Diego was saying, mm. fanatics, that um, let's really stop relying on the government. Let's go back to the basics of, of having Ubuntu and helping out where you can. But the government doesn't care about you. It mm. honestly doesn't. Um, so, Alex, what are your thoughts on Lulu's comment? Mm. Look, I think I think, I think it's, very, it's very good of... The, Good of her to 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 help those in need um and obviously yeah state failure hits the poorest the hardest which obviously the the people who you know driving by sitting at traffic lights begging for food but it's not sustainable to it, it's a very good samaritan thing to do and i totally yeah. understand the impulse um but that's that's why we're here to talk about these things what can you do about it in the long term vote mm. for ideas that that are better than what we have at the moment support uh, civil society organizations that propose sustainable solutions to something like hunger, um, mm. you know, where, what, think, you know, what would, even, it's actually just in, in your community, you know, what would, what would, in how, how many opportunities would, uh, would an action provide, like Chris has spoken mm -hmm. about, you know, we need to expand opportunities. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I think that those are the kind of things that, that we just need to think about, but look, you know, it's good to help out people within your community um, who have very little. Um, yeah. But I think that's the kind of motivation that people need to need to think about when when they can do small deeds um, <laughs> in supporting people and organisations that try to create sustainable solutions to overcome such problems. Really. Yeah, that is true. Uh, maybe let's go to the last comment. Um, it comes from Reginald Mkwane, and it reads, the poor people don't have the mechanism to see failing political parties through. They also vote for the same party because the alternative seems worse. I'm going to stop there. I think that's, that's all we needed from, from this comment. Um, Diego, what are your thoughts here? I think it's the a poor complex people. The poor people don't have the mechanism to see failing political parties through. They also vote for the same party because the alternative seems worth. I think it's a complex matter. There are many different reasons why people vote for the same party. And 
she is very correct. This is part one of the problems. There are people, of course, who don't see any other alternative outside the ANC. There are people who vote for the ANC, like we've always mentioned, because they are scared of losing their social grants. There are people who mm -hmm. vote for the ANC because they are grandparents or whoever in their family was part of the ANC, and therefore they are all people who vote for the ANC. You find them standing on queues, uh, in rural areas. You tell them, uh, if you dare tell them to vote for something else, they'll tell you that you think they, they, they are children who are still drinking uh, milk and stuff. They are very old. They are going to vote for mm -hmm. them. They, can't even, they don't even know how to pronounce the ANC, right? They are going to vote for the party with... With 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 an arrow, with an arrow as part of its logo. So yeah. really, different people have different reasons for voting for the ANC, and she's very correct. That happens to be one of the reasons why they do. But really, there's a variety of reasons, and it's important that we understand all of them ahead of 2024. So when we do preach the classical liberal message. We know exactly mm -hmm. the kind of people they're dealing with and the, 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 the different kind of reasons that people vote for the party or vote for a certain political parties that we can then be assistful in that way, understanding what the issues on the ground are really. Yeah, definitely. Um, Alex, Chris, any last um, thoughts that you guys want to add? I'll defer to Chris because it looked like he let off a, a, a big sigh when, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you read that. <laughs> um, I was going to add also, there's a, a, a wide sort of understanding or thought that all politicians are, are greedy and all politicians are criminals because they steal. I don't think the, a, a good um, understanding or thought because not, not you generalize like that, I'd argue, because... I mean, some politicians genuinely want to genuinely want to help you, and if you if you if you shrugging them off, you 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 taking away an opportunity. Again, <laughs> I see. Uh, um, I'm very fascinated with with the word opportunity today. Um, mm. Yeah, it's opportunity for you to better yourself and better your situation. But if you shrugging it off. You you don't have um, really an opportunity or or, or, a ch uh, or reason to complain if you mm. say that politicians are greedy and criminals, yeah, the like. I think uh, I'll just add on top of what Chris has said. Like, yeah, we do speak about opportunity, but it comes back to that that one of those first comment Lulu's comment about mm. uh, you know giving people food when you can is that you know these yeah. people what sort of opportunities do they have? You know, yeah. that's that's ultimately what what we need to strive for is a land of opportunity, not where yeah. we where we just sort of prescribe outcomes that we want. We want people to have the opportunity to prove themselves, like mm -hmm. we spoke about in Freedom Fanatics with uh, Lindo's Chisanyama uh, in Kwamashu. He, yeah. you know, he 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 forged an opportunity for himself, um, and I think that's something to mm -hmm. to bear in mind that you know it is. Yeah. The, the challenge is to expand opportunities and identify policies that enable it. But um, yeah, I think this can go on for days. Um, we definitely can. We definitely can. <laughs> Diego, do you have anything to say? Well, I won't take more. I was just going to say that I agree with Alex that we should 
certainly not expect any one individual to bring up to, to, to come with solutions to our problems. Yeah. We must collectively together find solutions to our problems in society. Yeah, that is true. Guys, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Burning Questions. Um, do remember, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, um, at Badger of Liberty. And remember, your freedom is worth fighting for. Thank <laughs> you.